Welcome to the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us every week as we interview industry leaders and experts to uncover the ways they're finding sales success today. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. are you doing folks welcome back it's another week of inside inside sales daryl pearl here um it's 2021 can you believe that i know we're i said that already but it's 2021 that's just it's still my head's just not there still uh it's crazy how's it going for you so far is it better than 2020 let me ask you that is it better than 2020 oh my goodness i want to share a story today and i think it's a story we can all relate to honest to god i'm having fun with this one so my wife i bless her soul i talked to her about her from time to time uh, she needs a new car and uh, it's it, apparently her 2008 uh vehicle with uh, over 400,000 kilometers is is probably due for a replacement uh you know for example when i call her in the car it's so loud now with, you know, probably broken bearings and everything else that are happening in the front end that it's really kind of hard to hear her. So that's a real pain point that she has and I have. And she's self-employed, so she's an interior designer. Uh, so she's always talking to her clients about, you know, whatnot, you know, fixtures and colors and all those things that designers talk about. Uh, so a car is important. So we're out shopping. We're, we're, in a bu we're buyers. We have high intent. Can you relate? This is who you want to talk to. And, uh, you know, so we went through a process that I'm sure every other buyer, no matter what they're selling, whether it's a $50 thing item or it's a half a million dollar thing item, it doesn't really matter, which is we did these Google searches and we sort of, you know, educate ourselves on what it is we want, what are the options out there. And then when we did that, we then we found a few vehicles, we shortlisted them and uh, we went to the actual uh, merchant's the car dealerships website and we looked at the dealership and i went to google and yelp and everything else and checked out their reviews i did word of mouth referrals i thought a whole bunch of people ah, saw some cars we liked then we went and drove to the dealership on a saturday and we walked around and drove around the dealership and i'm in canada so it's cold as hell so we must really want a car if we're doing that and uh and it was remarkable you know it's canada because no one came out to talk to us sales mistake number one you know whenever you want them to talk to you they never come out it seems so we did that and we saw several of the models that were intriguing to us on the lot yep there they are we saw them yep they they look like the pictures that's good so there's you know we're going through the whole objection handling already if you will and then we went into the dealership and uh, and we got introduced to this young man and we started talking to him so now let's recap what's happened here i've done research we felt the pain of needing a new vehicle we know directly what's causing uh, our desire to actually uh, replace our current vehicle. We did the research, we did word of mouth referrals, we went to the review sites, we went to the website, we actually went physically there, just a touch and feel to make sure it's real. I mean, we are high intent. And I shared this with our, our sales rep. Guess what the sales rep did? I find this so interesting. After demonstrating all of that intent, you would think the rep would turn around and say, great, so you saw those two in the lot. Let me grab the keys and we'll go look at them. You know, one had uh, uh, one color interior, one had the other color interior. You can see what you like better. Other than that, they're the same vehicle, so here we go. That's what I thought was gonna happen. No different than typically 
you you reps, you just go right to the demo. Oh, you're interested? Great, let me show you the product. And instead what this rep did, very nice gentleman, was he sat there and along the way I got to learn a little about him. He's got two kids, he's married for a period of time. He's from the East Coast, born uh, in Ottawa, raised on the East Coast. His wife plays the fiddle. Of course, if you're from the East Coast in Canada, you have to play the fiddle. They know all the East Coast Canadian musicians. And, uh, and, and we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. And he sort of asked my wife and I, what are certain things that we really wanted in the car? Must haves, not like colors and everything. Like, like, you know, do you have any medical conditions? Do you have any like you can't give up? What does your current car have now that you'd like? What does your current car have that you don't like? And we, and I'm like, I want to go see the damn vehicles. And we were there, I bet you half an hour with him asking us questions. And it was so interesting to watch because in the end, he's like, okay, so we'll show you those cars if you want to, but you know what? I've got a car just like that, but it's in blue instead of white. And it's got a little slightly lower mileage. Would you like to see that one too? Um, and, you know, I can probably do a good deal for you in that one. I'm like, sure, we don't care. Blue is a beautiful color. And that's what he did. And he didn't show us the ones we went there to see. He showed us the one he wanted us to see based on his analysis of our pain points. It reminds me of a podcast I listened to recently on Sam Dunning's Business Growth Show, where the, he had uh, Fred Copestick on. And Fred's a great guy. And Fred talks about when you're doing, trying to uncover pain points, you need to understand how to approach the customer. And the classic, what we always tell people is the W. The W is the why, what, why, when, who, why, why? And he said, you know, the W is interesting. That can be pretty aggressive. Consider the TED. And I'm listening I'm like, the TED? I've not heard of the TED. What's this TED thing? And he's the TED was, well, tell me more. Can you explain that to me? Describe how that's making you feel. Tell me, explain, describe. Wow, that engaged me. I thought that's killer. I watched firsthand as the customer instead of the CRO, exactly how we were sold to by an amazing young man who knew how to sell and took the time to understand my pain. And I got to tell you, my reps often drop the ball there. I see you guys drop the ball there. It's not malicious. It's part of learning how to sell better. So I thought to myself, who can I get on the show to actually help my reps uncover pain better? And that's when I knew it had to be Adam Springer. Now, if you don't know Adam, let me introduce you to him. He is what I like to call a sales process expert. His expertise is all around the B2B side. He's really good when the deals are in larger size. He's all about startups as well. So when you're trying to really ramp up and figure it all out, that's his That's his jam. That's where he, he's at. He's about founder sales strategy, startup B2B sales processes, pricing, growth hacking, basically anything that comes to relate it to sales skills. So Adam, how did I do? Did I nail it? Are you a rock star? Are you going to teach us today how to be the, the man when it comes to all things sales, pain, uncovery related? I, I think you, you hit this, probably sold myself better than I could. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if you're like me and you're multitask and you're maybe listening to this at your desk, you get your phone going on and you're safe. You're not your car going down the road. Uh, check him out at startupsales.io, right? That's the first place I want to send you to you to go. And he's on Twitter and he's on LinkedIn, the usual stuff, follow him. You know the drill, but man, I want to talk to you today about pain. So what do you see, especially because you're coaching these guys who are in high growth with big goals, big ambitions. What are the common mistakes you're seeing reps, whether they be leadership, sales leadership, company leadership, or this reps themselves, you know, what are the common mistakes or issues or symptoms that they're just not getting it when it comes to uncovering pain and the role and importance and the process? 
Well, I'm going to tie it into uh, to your story about buying a car uh, and what the rep did because the rep took the time to qualify you. That's what he was doing. And so one of the biggest pain, problems that I'm seeing with my clients is that they want to just jump in and try to sell what they have. Like, hey, oh, you, you want to talk to us? Great. Let me show you what we could do. Let me show you all the features that we have. And it's such a mistake all the time to do uh, because you that that salesperson could have easily took you to those two cars. He probably had a high chance of, you know, probably closing you, but you wouldn't have been as happy. You, you know, even if you did close, you it wouldn't have been the right fit car if you had a better fit car. And so now you've got this story. Now you've telling people about this. Now you're going to go and pass the story along and get send him referrals. So it's much better to do that. And not only that, if I mean, this is uh, that's kind of the consumer side buying a car. But on the B2B side, there's a lot of other options out there for for our clients. And when you're when you just come in and just start throwing up all over the client and all over the prospect, they don't remember anything that you're saying and they're getting lost. So it's your job to guide them. And that's the mistake that I'm seeing is, is salespeople, founders, they're not taking the time to learn about the clients, to learn about the prospects and what pains they're having and ask those deeper questions. You said that uh, the guy asked if there's any medical conditions that you guys have. And I think that's incredible because what car salesman would ever ask what, what medical conditions do you have, if any? Because, but that is on a really deep level uh, of what kind of pain that you have that they could help you solve. It, and the funny part was the answer is yes. My wife has two herniated discs from an accident from years ago. And for her, you know, it sounds stupid, but this is a really good analogy that you bring it up. She needs uh, power seats that have not just the basic front fork up and down, but they I want an eight-way power seat so she can fine-tune exactly how she's sitting. She needs the lumbar. She needs a telescoping tilting steering wheel because she needs all of these different bells and whistles to try to get that perfect angle to actually give her a comfortable driving experience over a long haul. So that's where the medical thing came into play. You're, 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 everybody's thinking, well, do you have a heart condition? You're going to have a heart attack and fall off the road. No, that's not it. It's not high blood pressure. Mind you, driving with my wife does give me blood, high blood pressure, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> so that was what was so critical because right away, what he just did, you talk about, <laughs> he was qualifying us, was like, oh, you need eight-way power seats with telescoping tilt steering uh, wheels? Uh, no problem. And that means you're going to go into a higher price point right away. Right away, he he moved us up because he because you, my wife, just said, I, I have to have this. Not him. All simply because he said, basically, tell me if you have any medical conditions so I can yeah. make sure we get you what you need. Um, and that was really, really powerful. Uh, so... So let me be just blunt. We all know that uncovering pain is kind of like sales one-on-one. Yet here we are talking about it. And you said it yourself. You said, like, you know, how many sales reps selling cars would go ask about medical conditions? In other words, how many sales reps would ask what I'm sure is a common occurrence when selling cars? It's a common issue. So what's stopping us from doing this? Is it fear? Is it inexperience? Or is it we're not using methodology, sales methodologies, therefore we're wanting to jump the gun and get to the end game? I think it's all of those. I think it's also uh, a bit laziness, but uh, also a bit um, uh, 
unprofessionalism and as far as like not being a, not that a lot of people are unprofessional. It's just, they don't take the time to research and dive deeper into their own career to learn more what, what they need to do and learn more about the prospects that they're selling to. Because if you really learn about the prospects that you're selling to, you're going to ask those questions because then you really have to have that curiosity as far as who they are and what problems they have. What I was so impressed with, my wife didn't know what was going on. I mean, this is what I do for a living. She's just a sweetheart. She has no idea that when he's asking questions about your family, your kids, sharing about his family, his kids, what his wife does relating to her is that he's building trust. Yeah. How important is trust to being able to ask those really hard questions that are awkward or perhaps insensitive when you're trying to truly uncover pain? I think it's vital. I mean, you're, what, you're not going to tell a complete stranger that walks up to you on the street uh, what medical conditions you have. But a guy that took 30 seconds to tell you about his kids, now you feel uh, that much closer to him that you feel that level of trust. You feel that, little, uh, that level of bond so that it gives him permission to ask these more difficult questions. Uh, and that's what's really important in sales. And also, you know, a lot of people are listening to this and like, well, that's fine when you're selling car or, you know, whatever millions of other excuses most people have for not get diving deep. Uh, <laughs> but the fact is, is that every person that you're selling to, even if you're B2B, at the end of the day, you're selling to a human being on the other side. And that human being has emotions. And you need to reach that side of that person. You need to get to the emotional problems that they're having. And in order to do that, you need to break down that barrier and build that trust and build that rapport with them. All right. So what this is what we're going to do, folks. We're going to break away for a quick commercial. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask Adam the process he recommends with his clients on how to make sure uncovering pain is part of every single sales opportunity. Don't go back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. Okay, we're back. Uh, Adam, I set it up before the break. I told you, I was going to ask you, how do you instantiate the process? How do you teach them and train them to make sure that this is something they do every single time? How do you stop that sales rep from jumping? You said it right into the demo, right into let me show you my wares with no context. Because as you said, it will overwhelm them. How do you show them restraint? How do you convince them that it's in your own selfish best interest to do this long term? Well, you asked two questions there. First of all, how do I do it? Uh, well, I tell them don't do the demo on the first call and I, and I stop them from allowing them to do a demo on the first call. Uh, that will 
immediately make you want to fill in the gap. Like, why are you on a call? You've got 30 minutes with this person. Now you have to ask questions. Uh, but the second thing is, how do I do it? Uh, how do I show them? I can just get on the call with them. I'll get on the call with them and just and show them that, hey, I don't even know your industry 100%. I don't even know your prospects 100%. But here's what I do have is I have that natural curiosity where I want to learn about them and I'm going to listen to what they say. And if I'm listening to what they say, then it's going to bring up those natural questions. And then I'll just ask those questions. Hey, what are you doing here? Oh, okay. That's what problem you have. Okay. Let me dive deeper on that. What does that mean to you? And so on. Are they shocked? What is it that you, like, when you do that, what's their reaction? Do they just go, yeah, I know. Especially when they watch you. Or do they say, yeah, I do that? No, uh, I don't typically get that because uh, most people aren't doing that. So it's kind of a hard thing to to say that, yeah, I do that. Uh, they may say that I ask questions, they ask questions uh, beforehand, before they actually see what I mean by ask in depth and ask five, six layers deep. Uh, they say, yeah, I ask a lot of questions. We talk for like 20 minutes. It turns up to be like one and a half minutes. Uh, <laughs> um, but once you actually get on the call and, and, and they see how it's supposed to be done and not only that, how it's supposed to be done, they see the reaction from the prospect uh, and it becomes such a stronger bond and you get so much more commitment from the prospect that they're now more committed to your sales process and they're going to be a lot less likely to ghost you and not return your calls or your emails and they're going to be more excited to go to want to buy your product because now you've made it about them and about the problems that they have and how you're going to solve them. Okay. So you, you, you made a really interesting, you made a very provocative point there. I want to drill back on you, you early on mentioned asking a lot of questions versus essentially you were saying asking the right questions. So for the audience who thinks they're asking the right questions, is there a way that you would help teach me, teach them? on how to differentiate, how to know when you're asking the wrong questions. You're asking questions, but they're just not the right questions. Sure. So in order to do that, you'd have to really go back to the beginning and go back to the, the, the foundation. And that's understanding who your clients are. And there's a really good way to do this. If you, if you get a pen and paper, and I'm doing it on the video now, but you have a quadrant. And on the left side of the quadrant, you have uh, pain. And on the right side, you have uh, pleasure. And now we know that, sorry, my left, your right, whatever, it doesn't matter. We know on one side, you want to move away from pain. People, human nature, they want to move away from pain and towards pleasure. And so we have pain on the x-axis. And on the y-axis, we have on the top, we have now. And in the bottom, we have in the future. So you have pain in the now, you have pain in the future. And you have pleasure in the now and you have pleasure in the future. Now, this is where we start to label and we start to put all the pain points and all the frustrations and problems that our clients have and our prospects have that you could solve. And so once you actually start to, to take the pain point that you have, whether it's an emotional pain, a financial pain, let's say that um, you're a head of sales and you, let's go to the CRM example. You know, you're a head of sales and your sales team are just are not updating the CRM. 
okay, what does that mean to you as the head of sales? Because that's your ICP. That's your ideal client profile. What, is, what does that mean to the head of sales? What does that mean? What is that causing him now? And what is in the pain in the now? And what is it going to cause him pain in the future, which is a, a fear? So pain in the now is frustration. So what is he coming home and complaining to his or her wife or husband about every day? Wow, John, again, he didn't put update his CRM. We lost this really big opportunity. That's really big. That's a frustration. That's something that really bothers him. And then pain in the future is like, wow, this is the fifth time. I'm, I'm sure if I don't get this wrapped around, the CRO is going to fire me or the, or the CEO is going to fire me because this has happened so many times now. Now you've got pain in the future. So now you do the opposite for the, the pleasure, but let's just focus on the pain side right now. Once you start to actually label all these and you actually start to define what problems your prospects are having, now you know where to drive the questions that you have. Because what you want to do is you want to ask questions to get them to speak about those items on that list. And so when you ask those questions, you don't actually want to ask directly, hey, are your clients, are you afraid of getting fired because your, your uh, salespeople aren't updating uh, the CRM? You don't want to do that. You don't make any assumptions on this. Even if you know 100% they have this pain, you don't want to make the assumption. You just want to ask them an open-ended question to get them to start to speak about that pain or about that frustration. And then that will come up naturally, like the salesperson did with you in the medical conditions. So there's a lot of ways I want to go with on this one because you've got, I love how you've done. Uh, there's a couple, because a couple of things what what uh, you just heard Adam say there was interesting, right? He talks about the grid, you know, pain in the now, pain in the future, pleasure in the now, pleasure in the future, and so you're thinking to yourself, you're asking all these questions to get those answers. But did you hear what he said? He said, okay, once you know that, okay, now, now you know what to ask. So there's a good example of asking lots of questions, but he was actually asking questions to know how to ask the right questions. And that was how it all began, asking a lot of questions versus asking the right questions. And that's what he just gave us a beautiful framework around that. So it's interesting. I, I want to share a story. I was listening to another podcast the other day. I'm a big podcast freak for those who don't know. This one had uh, Marcus Couchy on there. He's a British sales trainer, uh, quite like Marcus. And uh, he had an interesting perspective. It's not everybody's perspective, but it caught my attention uh, because it's not at all how I run my team. And I'm like, maybe I need to change. And so his point was this, he goes, listen, if you talk to one person and you got, you've asked, you've asked them all these questions, you've done the pain process, you've asked them all because at that point in time, your sales opportunity is at 10% qualified. And I'm like, dude, 10%. So he goes on and he goes, okay, now you uncover who the buying committee is. And if you ask all of them, their questions. When that happens, and only until that happens, when all the questions have been asked, and we have all the questions listed, at that point, you're at 30% qualified. And I'm thinking to myself, how many people, that's, a, that's like 80% for most people, right? Now that the, the, the pay proposal is just pure process, we're, we're there. 30% was his point of view. Now, I was on a call the other day with a colleague of mine, a young lad, who was picking my brain, looking for some mentoring and some coaching. And part of it, he was asking me some of the mistakes I see people do all the time. And I say, they don't reach out to the buying committee. So I, I know Marcus is sitting here saying, he mentioned the word committee, but it was all about the questions. This fellow was saying, I told this fellow, you don't do it. You, you ride that one horse. You get all the answers. You ask your questions, but a one 
person. And his comment to me was, I don't feel like I personally have the authority, the experience, the wherewithal the, the, I'm, to ask who else is involved in the, prime, in the buying process. So questions, uncovering pain, that's a long-winded way of my getting there, is to say it's not limited to one person. It involves a committee. So Ma, over to you, Adam, how, how can we springboard off of that pain process discovery session to actually leverage that, make a natural segue to ask who else has got pain? Who else is experiencing this? Because like that rep said, I don't feel like I can do it. I'm scared. And that's really common. So what's your sales process and uh, technique on that? Sure. So first of all, I'll tell you that when, when you do get to meet all those other people, you should have that same pain map that I described. You should have that for every person you're going to be speaking to because the attorney, the, uh, the procurement office, uh, the, the CTO and the VP sales, they're all going to be involved in this and they all experience different, the same problem in a different way. So you need to know how to ask them the same questions, uh, but in a different format that it relates to them. But my, how can I use that as a springboard from the first call? So I have a really, I have a call structure. I don't believe in scripts. I don't like scripts at all, but I have a structure that I like to follow. And that goes, it's a five-step structure. It goes first, small talk, you know, one to three minutes, small talk, then qualification. Start to ask them a lot of questions. And how you jump into that is, hey, before we begin, I'd like to ask, what does your environment look like? Or or how are you guys currently handling this problem? You know, whatever it is. But the point, the big point there is before we begin, because as you were, we were talking about rapport before and building that trust, this is keeping that guard down. You had the small talk to start to build rapport. Now you're before we begin, we're not actually official yet. So now their guard is still down and now you actually start to qualify them. Then you ask them some questions and then you say, well, great, that really helps. Thank you. Let me start by telling you about us. And then you have your one sentence elevator pitch, which is for me, it's like I help early stage uh, B2B startups uh, build sales processes to get to 10 million in revenue. And then immediately ask them another question before they get a chance to, um, to ask you questions about what you do or how you do it or anything. And so with that, you get to say, and by the way, before you mention X, what does that mean for you? Or whatever it is your segue to cross and start asking more questions. So now you're qualifying them again. Now that's stage uh, one, two, three, four. So I guess the sixth stage. So you, you start to qualify them more. And then you say, great, do you have any questions for me? Now they're going to start asking you some questions about your product and about your service. So then you answer them, say, you know what? This would be the best thing for us to do is to set up another call or to set up a demo where I could show you. And because they're going to come up with the questions because now they're leaning towards you asking questions instead of you coming towards them and, and telling them about your product. So now you, you segue into the next steps. It's like, great, those are great questions. Why don't we do this? Uh, those are those technical questions. Uh, you know, I could answer, but it's not going to be really in the depth that you need. So why don't we get another call with you? And it's one of my tech team. Great. Cool. You book the time right then and there. And this is getting to your point, Daryl. How do we springboard uh, from that first call 
to get calls with other people in the buying process. So you, you close that meeting with that person for the next time. And then you ask, great, who else needs to be on that call or who else could, uh, should be on this call to learn more about the technical stuff. Now you've made that segue after you've closed, after you've closed the date, and now they're going to invite more people into that sales process. So one of the things I want to throw out here, because Adam's just laid it all out to you. Now, one of the things he's maybe led you to believe, not intentionally, but it's a natural place to go, is that if you ask all these questions right, you get the buying committee going, uh, you, it leads to a wonderful path. And then eventually you can finally do your demo and your demo will be very focused based on everything you've just heard. And every single person in that buying committee will have, there'll be something in it for them. And away you go, life is grand. You can show them, you know, you told me this was your pain and they told me this is the pleasure you want in the future. And let me show you how we can overcome that pain and give you that pleasure. Life is good, right? There's one thing you, we haven't covered today that I want to really hammer with you. And I love your reaction to this one, Adam. Um, the reason you're asking all these questions, we always like to think it's that we can have a great discovery leads to a wonderful demo or proof of concept, whatever it might be. And while that's true, the reality is why you're asking these questions, get this, get this, is so that you can eliminate 80% of your actual prospects. You only want to be spending time selling to high probability, high fit clients. Your natural inclination is to, is to have happy ears when you ask these questions. You're desperately looking for something, anything that gives you permission to move to the next step. And that's wrong. You actually are listening so you can disqualify them and all who's left should proceed to the next step. What's your reaction? You, would you see that, Adam, or do you see people just like skipping that step altogether? Because I see you nodding your head and smiling when I'm saying that. <laughs> well, I definitely see people skipping that step altogether. They'll be asking, the, even if they start asking the right questions, they're, they're still going to be pushing people along who, who clearly don't have a pain or clearly like are not like a uh, qualified prospect. And they still try to push them along just to try to get the sale. Uh, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. I'm looking more to disqualify than I'm looking to qualify. I want to make sure that the person I'm going to speak to more than the first 20 minute call is really worth my time. Cause if not, I don't want to talk to him. He's not going to close. He's not going to, uh, put, you know, give me that commission check. Why, why do I want to, why do I want to talk to him? Do you see what Adam just did there folks? He said, is that person worth my time? Is that going to help me out? I mean, you're asking these questions to help them out. That's the consultative self we like to do. That's a collaboration. But if you're with people on a wing and a prayer, maybe they'll come around. What you're not doing is selling to somebody else who can help you out, who can help you get the commission. Your time is limited. It is the most valuable resource you have. Why are you giving it away? You ask the questions to do one of two things. You're going to qualify them into the next step or qualify them out. That's the biggest thing going. But either way, you got to qualify them. You can't just ask the wrong questions. A lot of questions. You got to ask the right questions. And you can't just ask it of one person. You got to go outside your comfort zone and ask the entire buying committee. Of course, we've just scratched the surface today. What you should do is follow Adam Springer on social 
Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. He is a host at the Startup Sales Podcast. He's part of the, he's co-host and mentor with the Startup Sales Club, which is a monthly workshop for founders and sales leaders from early stage tech startups to come and learn and practice both sales skills and how to build a sales team. This is the man. Follow him out. Uh, I'm a big fan. You should be too. But in the meantime, I want to say two things. I want to say, Adam, thank you so much. I had fun today. Uh, and number two, I want to say is it's 2021. We got 12 more months of this. Let's go kill it. Ask the right questions. In the meantime, I'll be right here if you have a question for me. My name is Daryl Prell, and this, my friends, is Inside Inside Sales. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prail. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, we would greatly appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review on the platform you're listening to the show from today. Also, please feel free to share this program with your friends and colleagues. Thank you. Daryl will be back again next week.